Greetings and a very warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony, and I'm Etienne McClintock. Now, By the Word of Their Testimony is based on Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, where we read, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Today in the studio, we have a special guest, Fabiano Nyonkuru. Fabiano, welcome. Thank you. It's very nice to have you in our studios here today, and I'm looking forward to hearing your testimony about what God has done in your life. Perhaps we can start with just what you are currently doing. At the moment, I am um, I'm studying theology. I'm in my fourth year at uh, Avondale So the last College. year? Yes, yes, in my okay. last year. And I'm very thankful, and I, and I praise God um, uh, just, just as I look back at you know how— he has guided me um, mm. up to this time. So I'm very grateful, and that's what I'm doing. And um, Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it's good to hear that you're in your last year, and that's obviously you've had some good three good years, and mm. you probably can't wait to finish so you can go oh, out yeah. there and, 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 and apply all that you've learned in the, in the trade. Mm. So let's just step back to the very beginning of your life. So can you tell us where you're from and maybe just a little bit about your background? Okay. I was born um, in Burundi, uh, the central east of Africa, yes. next to Tanzania and Rwanda. And um, but because uh, war broke out in our country mm. uh, in about, I, I believe it was in eight, 19, 1994, something, okay. some, something. Uh, I think somewhere around there, nineteen ninety four, mm. when the war broke out in our country, we had to move to Congo, and um, the war broke out in Congo. And uh, we had to move to Tanzania. Right. And so there in Tanzania, in the refugee camp, um, in the place called, in the, in the area of Kibondo, refugee camp called Nduta, that's where I spent most of our time. That's where I was raised. And that's where I come from. That's uh, where I was living before I came to Australia. Wow. Okay. Mm. So when war broke out, uh, that obviously would have had quite a, a, an effect on you and your family. W what yes. did you guys do? I mean, w your lives were in, in danger. Did you have to move elsewhere? What, what happened? Definitely. Um, I mean, um, when the war broke out, this was in the night and, um, you know, unexpected things. Mm. And, um, you know, there were political tensions. And so we were kind of, you know, expecting something to happen. And so when the war broke out, we had to flee. We had to grab just whatever we could and just run and and as you can imagine in the middle of the night yeah. um unless if you knew where you were going you know it would have been even more dangerous because yes. um you know there were bullets flying by and so oh, we yeah. were just running for our lives mm. and at that time um i was very young so my mom had to carry me at the back you know in so her you're back you're fleeing on foot yeah oh yeah and much. there's a lot of other people fleeing at the yes, same time yes. with you running and you know through valleys and um, crossing rivers and yeah and so we were pretty much running for our lives and, um, and 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 one thing we had to do as well 
was to cross the Lake Tanganyika, and that okay. was um, that was quite a um, yeah, quite it was very difficult because many people died in, in that lake as well, um, who just right. couldn't you know cross over, and yeah, so that's that. That, that that's what happened. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's that's terrible. So at this time, uh, you're with your mother. Yes. Now, did your mum have a faith? Was she a religious person? Uh, yes. At uh, that time, we were Catholic. Um, okay. We we were all uh, Catholic. Um, 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 you know, we were, we belong to the Catholic faith. Yes. And okay. uh, you know, in in our country, when you uh, marry. Someone, yes, you pretty much convert into their religion. So, um, my father was a Catholic um, a person, and so that means we were all then had to be raised as Catholics. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, you, you, did you, your faith at least helped to sustain you through this difficult time? Because I mean, if you're fleeing on foot, mm. you got to carry children. There's not oh, much yeah. else you can carry. You can't no. take a lot of food with no. you. No. You can't take any provisions. Pretty much the clothes on your back. Definitely, definitely. Mm. So, uh, mm. where do you when you flee? Where do you end up? Oh, we ended up in Congo. Okay. Uh, we ended up in Congo, and we stayed there for sh- a very short time because because war broke out in Congo as well. Mm. Um, the same oh. the same political tensions that were in Burundi. Um, you know, it I believe it it kind of cross over in Congo as well. Yes. Because you see the the, the, uh, the tensions were between the the Hutus and the Tutsis and you know ethnicity really the ethnicity was the issue. Right. And right. the same people uh you know who started the war were also in Congo. And Is so right? the war broke out there as well and we had to now um cross Lake Tanganyika again mm. but this time going to Tanzania. And okay. hoping to um, to find refuge there. Mm. And mm. Tanzania had a better political um, oh, yes. environment. It's a lot safer there. Definitely, it is. It is a lot safer. Mm. Um, and uh, we stayed in a place called Kigoma first. Um, okay. And uh, but then shortly after that, then we were taken into a refugee camp, which is where we were able to get support from the UN government and mm. uh, and you know and, and at least start a life. Which, right. which was another, uh, yeah, challenge once again, starting a life in a in a, in a, in, a, in a refugee camp yeah. where no one lived ever, because this was in the bush in the middle of nowhere. Oh, is that right? Mm. So before you got to Tanzania, was there times when you thought we're going to starve, or your family thought they're going to starve because there's no food? Oh yeah, because we had nothing. We had mm. left, as you had said, as uh, you know, we ran. By foot, that's how we that's how we escaped. We didn't mm. have no car, we didn't have a boat, we didn't have anything. Mm. And so arriving in Tanzania, we were just hoping we could at least, um, um, you know, uh, find some work yes. uh, and find a place to sleep, um, you know, in um, so in you, the homes of the citizens there. Yeah, so you, you're facing starvation, but there's a lot of dangers. There's obviously people who are just killing people. Oh yeah, you know, in this war, and then you've got to cross a lake. How do you cross the lake? Is it just by? Oh, you see, some people had um, when you, when you're in danger, you you somehow you become very creative. Yes. And so what people did, they would cut banana trees and mm. they would. Lay on that, you know, in order to stay to to stay float. float. Yes. Yeah. As so as they try to cross over. Mm. Um, now I can't remember everything in details, sure. but I can only imagine maybe those who had boats, maybe they would have 
try to use that. And I know my father was, um, um, you know, he was a fisherman. Mm. And so, um, but I can't remember my mom mentioning anything about boats. Uh, I mean, right. as we crossed the Lake Tanganyika. Okay, yeah. But, um, but yeah, we, somehow we, we crossed Lake Tanganyika. Second yeah. for the second time. Oh, yes. Yeah, wow. Mm. So you're in Tanzania. How long are you in Tanzania for? Uh, we're in Tanzania in the refugee camp. Yes. I believe we were there for about nine, ten years. That's a long nine, time. Nine, ten years, yeah. yes, yes. And um, uh, mm. obviously not able to return back home. Oh, just, no. Yeah. It was dangerous to even return back home because mm. Mm. Um, those, who had re- those who had survived – uh, they would have taken over um, other people's lands, and uh, if you went back, uh, yeah, and and claiming that you know uh, that property or that land was yours, then it was a dangerous was a thing to do. You you could you lose your life, and wow. So we just had to stay there in the mm. refugee camp, and mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe mm. can you remember what life was like in the refugee camp? Was that dangerous in itself, or was well, it a lot safer under the UN? Uh, uh, let me just say that at the beginning it was very dangerous because we were just placed in the middle of nowhere, mm. um, and some people were taken by animals in the at the very beginning in the middle wow. of the night, and so we were warned not to go out. We were just given um, tents. Now these are not the the, the normal tents that we mm. have here. Mm. These were like just a, a top of shit, uh, like a shit. I don't know if that's what you call like it. A tarpaulin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had to just find a way to make a house in that, mm. and uh, we would just. Um, um, do uh, let up fires outside, hoping that animals will stay away from that. Sure. So, so that kind, was the beginning. Yeah, so what kind of animals were in the area that would actually be a danger to human beings? According to what I heard from my parents, uh, all sorts of type of animals, lions and things like that. Wow. So they were just taking people. Um, but then slowly, um, people started building houses from mud uh, mm-hmm. and using um, uh, uh, what do we call these? Grass straws and you know yes, to to yes. make to make roofs, yeah. and so you know from then onwards, um, you know people started building brick houses made of you know made from um, mud bricks. Mm. But along this, um, the government, the UN government, was helping, and all they gave us were just the basics. You know, maybe two pots per family, a few plates, uh, you know, some food, but. Um, yeah, but but it wasn't much once again. Sure, it was but a very a basic right. existence. Yeah, def- there wasn't yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's very difficult. Lots of diseases at the same time. Mm. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it was very difficult. Mm. So people even dying from diseases oh, within yes, the camp. Yes, because yes, yeah. um, there was not um, there was there was not hygiene. And no you know, sanitary, was, you know, flowing none, none water and yeah. definitely. Mm. I mean, the water was just pumped out, uh, just pumped from uh, from the ground, and uh, you know the. UN was, you know, putting tops around the camp, you know, as, as, as more people were increasing, you know, coming, coming into the camps. And so the very beginning was very difficult. Sure. But slowly, you know, life started becoming easier because uh, people started now um, finding ways to uh, make money from the citizens, uh, from the Tanzanian citizens and started... Uh, you know, um, maybe crafts. You, and yeah, yeah, things like things that. They and, can and sell and pretty much, yeah. And and well. and business started growing, and so well. and so life life became normal. Um, you know, a few years after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So while you're in this camp, because you've been there for nine years, you can mm. see things improving. Obviously, oh, yeah. people are becoming more established, and you see a little bit of industry taking place, <laughs> a little bit of business. Yeah. In regards to uh, faith and practicing your faith, was yes. that uh, that was free? People could. 
Oh yeah. Were they faith communities within the camp? Yes, yes. Uh, the majority of the people there were um, Christians. Okay. And then Catholics, mm-hmm. and then the minority were Muslim. Okay. But um, everyone had freedom to uh, worship, uh, however they um, so, they wished. Yeah. And uh, but at that moment we were Catholics, and so um, we attended the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, now and then, in the Catholic Church, uh, the uh, the bishops and the priests from the Tanzanian uh, citizens would come mm. to 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 conduct worship services, and um, um, the 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 agencies, uh, the Catholic agencies, would bring also other staff to help uh, some of the um, church members, and okay. so we benefited from that. Yeah, <laughs> but, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, so at the very beginning, we were Catholics. Mm. Mm. So did you change your religion while you were in this camp in Tanzania? Yes. Um, what had happened, actually, um, just shortly after we arrived in the refugee camp, um, my father uh, wanted to um, wanted to go back home, uh, wanted to go back home and, and see if he could, you know, get some of the stuff he had left and maybe, you know, do some business. But mm-hmm. then uh, as he tried to do that, he ended up losing his life. Oh, I'm um, sorry to hear that. And uh, it's okay. Uh, mm. He lost his life. And um, yeah, and then for a while, we were without a father. And life was very difficult. Mm, I can imagine. And um, a, f- a few years after, my mom met another man, mm. uh, my stepdad. And he was uh, of the Adventist faith. Okay. Uh, very um Business, a very strong businessman, mm. a very uh, loving man, and very faithful as well. And okay. so uh, we got to know him, mm. and we liked him as children as well. And okay. we noticed that my mom, of course, had an interest in him. And so when um, uh, she married him, we then had to also become Adventist. Once again, if you okay. marry a man, you also had to convert to, his, to his religion. Wow, okay. Yes, yes. But it sounds like he was a good man and oh, yeah. there was a blessing oh, yeah. that, you know, he came. And so so he sort of became like the, the, the father of the family oh, yes. in a sense and mm, protector mm, of the family. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, okay. uh, he, he helped us out a lot as well, the young, I mean, the children, because um, mom, my mom was struggling, you know, as a mm. single mother. Um, How many children? You know, uh, at, the, at that moment, we were two, two. But there was my grandmother as well okay. and uh, a few of her children there. And so we were, you know, quite a big family. Mm. And so my mom was struggling. But um, when she married this man, this man, like I said, he was a strong businessman uh, there in the refugee camp. Yeah. And so we were able to, you know, uh, he was able to help us as well as help my grandmother. And yes. life, once again, then, you know, started to be... Uh, improving. Yeah, so life was a little mm. bit easier once he came on the scene. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of struggling, there was a little bit less struggle. Definitely. Still definitely. not the best no. environment, no. but much better. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And and from there, I uh, started learning, I believe, more about God. Because in the Adventist church, we have uh, what we call the Pathfinders. And in Africa, okay. the Pathfinders is you know it, it's it's a big thing. It, yes, it's a big program that we usually put on, we would usually put on as young people in the church. Would have massive of people, you know, visiting, especially on the Pathfinder Sabbath. Mm. Even even along the windows, people would just be peeking through, you know. And so uh, I enjoy that. And uh, once is, is I actually, this still happening in the refugee oh, camp? Oh yeah, yeah. So your Pathfinders in the refugee definitely, camp. Definitely, definitely. Oh, wow. And and, and I got um, to. Um, 
you know, become a Pathfinder choir conductor. <laughs> so that wow. that helped me as well, I guess, learn more about God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you, okay, so that's that that happened there in, in the camp. So you're yes. having a good religious education while in the camp there with everybody mm-hmm. else? Yes, yes. And then um, did anything else happen there? Or is the next stage of your life the important stage is when mm-hmm. you move out of the camp? Well, at that moment, um, while we were... Um, while we were, you know, busy involved in the church, we were also uh, busy trying to um, uh, help out in the church. Bu- uh, uh, sorry, in the family business. Mm. Um, my stepdad was doing some unusual things at the time. Um, mm. He was, you know, he was very successful, mm. and um, he was, uh, you know, he had he had other people from 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 the um, from Tanzania from the you know the citizens of the country yes, yeah. uh, who he had connections with and and he was doing business with them and um you know he was selling lots of lots and lots of things especially uh you know oil and fuel and things like this mm. and that that was a really um it was quite a display you know to the people to our neighbors and uh, you can imagine life was very difficult in the refugee camp and him you know becoming successful that was becoming a very dangerous thing in the refugee camp okay. um, because the more money you had, the more enemies you had. Mm. And so, uh, you know. So there was envy? Oh, yeah, there the was people. envy. Yeah. And people didn't really like us so much because they, they looked at us and, 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 and thought that we had all the money and we, you know, we were just, um, we're just the rich people <laughs> of that area, of that camp and, you know, amongst the rich people. And so we had enemies. And so mm-hmm. that was not... Um, that was not a good thing at all because mm-hmm. because that led to um, an event that happened one night when um, when we were all sleeping when we got attacked by robbers in the night with guns and knives and oh. and and um, it was unexpected. Mm. So Funny were these thing. people coming into the camp or people from within? From within, within the, the, camp. the camp. From within the camp. Um, Funny thing is, I was actually dreaming in that night. I was actually dreaming that we were being attacked by robbers and that there were guns and knives. And to my surprise, I woke up at the sound of my mom crying uh, and, and, and yellings and things like that, only to, 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 uh, to realize that the robbers just, they've just left. And mm. at that moment, they just left with as much money as they could get, as well as having stabbed and, uh, uh, my stepdad very badly. And um, um, same as my mom, and 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 at that moment, um, mm. they 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 rushed him to the hospital uh, in the refugee camp. But um, unfortunately, the hospital was not. It was. It didn't have the the. Um, I guess the equipment and and, and all him. that to help him. So they tried to rush him to um, to the Tanzanian. Um, um, uh, hospital nearby, but uh, it, it was actually very far. Sorry, and so he he actually passed away uh, along no. the way. Um, but my mom survived, oh, and um, well, grateful to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that. Um, so then, uh, what happens yeah. with you? So your your stepdad and your mum are now mm. being cared for uh, in the hospital. Unfortunately, your stepfather didn't make it. Mm. So what happens to the children and your grandmother and that? So you you can't stay in the camp because no. it's too dangerous. No, it was way too dangerous. So what ended up happening? The UN government moved us to another camp, and okay. uh, they moved us to another camp. But 
but the, the but what had happened in the previous camp you know was still um you know haunting us and you know mm. we're traumatized and yes, I, we just yeah. couldn't sleep uh, mm. every night was a nightmare so how old um, are you in your in your at that moment uh, i was i think about 11 11 or 12 so still very young yeah yeah very young and um yeah no life just became very difficult because because what we had gone through in the ROG camp mm. and so at that time um the UN government tried to help us out as much as it could and yeah mm. Mm. wow so you end up in another camp so this yes. is another um, refugee camp refugee mm. camp and your mum recovers fortunately oh, yes. and she's able to join you in that camp yes yeah. yes and so she um she recovered just before uh we moved into this okay. uh new refugee, refugee camp and when we arrived into this new new refugee camp um some of our aunties were there as well to just um you know help us help my mom as she was you so know. these were relatives that weren't in the first camp but they yeah, were they, in the they second. were they were indeed they, sorry okay. i should have mentioned that no, that's all right yeah we were quite a big family so uh Grandmother from my mom's side, as well as my grandmother from my dad's side, okay. we're all in the refugee camp. So you all then moved to the new camp and were able to help out and just just my just my mom and the and, and the two of us. Actually, at that moment, we're now four of us. Uh, okay, because because we had two other uh, brothers join 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 the family. So so at that moment, we were f um, five in the family. Okay. Five, yeah, yeah, we were five. So we moved to this new refugee camp, and then some of our family. Members uh, from our grandmother's side, uh, from our grandmother rather, came to join us. My, our aunties, mm. uh, who came to help my mom out as she, um, you know, trying to recover from what had happened. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, how long are you in this camp, and what's life like in this camp for you? Uh, life was pretty much like in the previous refugee camp. Uh, life was very tough, uh, mm. very hard, and so my mom. Um, tried to find something that she could sell. Mm. Um, and uh, once again, as an Adventist, that uh, that made it a little bit difficult, but a blessing at the same time, because that means you, uh, she could not uh, do as what other people were doing uh, in, the, in businesses. You know, they would try to, uh, how can I say this? See, English sometimes plays sure. on me. So but is it about trading on the Sabbath or is it yeah, dis trading on dishonest Sabbath. trade? Yeah, or? and dishonest trade. That's okay. it. That's it. And, okay. and, but uh, she remained very faithful and God blessed that. Oh, and, and I thank God, you know, in the ways he works, you know, he, he blessed that and we were able to, um, you know, she was able to support the family mm. financially and um, and we are, were very thankful as well for what the church members there in the refugee camp did for us because they welcomed us, they cared for us and they mm. helped us uh, settle in as well. Um, you know, really, they showed us the love of God, and um, so yeah. So in that refugee camp, um, there was a there was a, there was announcements from the government that uh, they were willing to, um, you know, investigate and interview some people, you know, about their lives and and see who they could, you know, they could take uh, overseas, you know, in okay. the Western um, countries to 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 uh, to find refuge, mm. and so. Our story came up, and our case was uh, registered, and my mom was interviewed, and um, and uh, because of the strong case which we had from our previous camp, um, it was decided that uh, we had to also uh, be taken to another better and much safer country. Right. And so, and so we prayed more about that because the um, the, uh, the this this case had to go through some process, mm -hmm. and so as we prayed about it, God answered the, God answered our prayers, and um, and uh, we were, we came up amongst the first who had to actually be taken to a 
new country, <laughs> a place oh, of refuge. Yes, and so well, um, that's, that's, that, that must have been fantastic yeah, news. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Well, we were very very excited mm. because we um, we knew that life now was going to be very different. Yes, and that we were coming into a safer place. Um, and um, yeah, so we were there in that new refugee camp for just two years. Okay. And uh, we were given an opportunity to um, come, um, you know, to a, to a new place. And mm. interestingly, we um, some people were taken um, to America or you know some other European countries. But as far as I, I, I thank God for this, we were <laughs> Australia chose us. And oh, so that's okay. that's how we ended up coming that's here. You but you could have gone anywhere. It could, well, have, been could have been America. Could have, it could have been maybe definitely, even Europe. Definitely, or yeah. Because my grandmother, uh, my grandmother was taken there. But as for us, Australia chose us. And so I think so your grandmother is where? Where did she go? She's in America at the moment. She's in the states, okay. as well as my aunties. Yes. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So so you're about thirteen. Oh yeah, at that moment I was about thirteen. Thirteen years 13 old. Years so you old, come yeah. over to Australia. That's right. That's right. And where do you where do you land firstly? Oh, we landed in Adelaide. Okay. <laughs> and uh, there we were actually excited because we had seen you know videos about Australia. I you know I had I had um, I had all these fantasies you know about what Australia would mm. look like. I didn't even think we were gonna step in the dirt anymore. <laughs> but you know, as a young child of course I was just sure. I was just having all these wild imaginations. But yeah, no, we were very excited. Very excited indeed and, and um just as we were used to back back in the refugee camp or back in Africa, people are communal. People, you know, um the children in the neighborhood will play with one another. So with me, my very the very first thing I wanted to see was the children in the neighborhood. And yeah, so yeah. I was looking forward to that morning. We arrived in the night. I was looking forward to that morning where I could just go in the street and play with the children. We call them the Muzungus. These are the white people. That's the are term. the Muzungus. Yeah, yeah, Muzungus. So okay. this was the, the, the term that we uh, gave to uh, white people. So mm. I was looking forward to play with them. Mm. <laughs> and, and yet I couldn't I couldn't speak English at the time, yeah. but yet I was just passionate and, and, and looking forward to actually yeah, play with them. <laughs> so you arrive at night, so the next morning, were the kids in the street playing? or Nah, certainly, certainly <laughs> Australia is very different. Yeah, Very, very different indeed. I mean, people are very reserved and private, mm. uh, and I can understand. And so I, um, you know, I woke up very, in the mo- very early in the morning, opened the door, and only to see the uh, neighbor across the street, he had a big, a, a big gate. So his mm. gate opened, the car drove out, and the gate closed. Right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I looked around the street and, and no one was there. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, just went back inside and just tried to watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> we, so there must have been a little uh, bit of a disappointment. Mm. You couldn't interact with the kids like nah, you expected to. No, nah, nah, Because yes. they're inside, either, mm. they're either going to school or yes, they've yes, got some yes. other activities in That's the house right. that That's keeps right. them busy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nah. And so, yeah, so that, that was, um, I guess, a new life now in Australia. Just. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even even learning things, hey, uh, culture shock. Uh, there was a lot of, um, it would have been of a lot. things we we had to learn and unlearn. And uh, oh man, <laughs> I could talk there. Oh really? Is there anything yeah. that sort of stands out in regards to that that was you know quite different that you had to okay. adjust to? Or uh, well, um, let me see. Um, I remember um, early in the morning um, we we went to. Actually, someone knocked on our doors. This was mm. on Sabbath morning. Mm. Someone knocked on our doors, and we didn't expect anyone to come that early in the morning because we, we didn't know anyone. Yes. And so this person knocked on our doors, and so my mom went and opened, and, 
and there was a you know there was this man an African man uh, right there apparently ready to take us to church oh apparently he was an Adventist and we wondered how did he know yes <laughs> but thank God maybe mom has be, had been praying about it I don't know but this man was there to take us to church and so he took us and bought us uh, bus tickets and took us to the city and uh, we attended our church there uh, it was it was amazing just to see the difference in in church worship um you know differences uh, there was there were a lot of differences to being honest even the way people dress mm-hmm. um uh you know even the way uh people do church uh, uh you know for example when we came to church um um some people were wearing shorter clothing uh, shorter skirts than than we expected that was very strange for sure, us sure sure um people were um more loving that was quite amazing mm-hmm. um and uh but interesting uh Another thing that shocked us, after the Sabbath, everybody was going home. And we're like, whoa, <laughs> just like that. Because where we come from, we're used to people just, especially when you're new uh, mm. in the church, people coming up to you saying hello, inviting you at, at home for lunch. You know, mm-hmm. we were, Once again, because of our, our, our um, cultural mindset, we yeah. come from a place where people are very communal. This was very different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing, too, we were shocked at even some of the things people do. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, man. We we were raised, um, sadly, we were not very raised in an environment where people are very close to animals. Okay. Just seeing how people are so close to their dogs, it was, it was quite an amazing thing to see. Sure. Yeah, it was like, how wow. can they have such a close bond with just yeah, a, a simple yeah. animal? I know, right? And, and another funny thing, too, the escalators. I mean, even even the elevators, we were shocked just to see how people could just get into that, and all of a sudden they'll be taken to another level. I mean, you might not understand that, but sure. for us it was quite a it was shock. new. Yeah, it was new. I mean, well, I mean, looking back, I remember a friend of mine shared on this how uh, for him, he saw people walk into the elevator. And the door closed. Mm. The man walked into the elevator, and the door closed, and. The next thing he saw was the same door open, but yet this time a woman came out. Mm. He's like, whoa, I'm not going in that thing. <laughs> I'm not going in there. Because <laughs> he thought, wait a minute, I've heard back in Africa that, you know, uh, um, that uh, people change uh, in this country that, you know, um, and I think he, he was referring to cosmetics and things like that. Yeah. But in his mind, when he saw that, he thought, you know, people. You walked into this machine, and you come and up, came out a woman. A woman, and so yeah. he was like, "No, I'm not going in there." <laughs> you know, so there was there were a lot of things. Sure. Even, even funny things like even little things like the toilets. Mm. I mean, where we came from, you squatted. Yeah. Here you sat. Um, you know, there was just quite a lot. A but lot. once again, yeah. but once again, uh, it was funny. Mm. Uh, at sometimes, especially now when, I, when we look back. Sure. But at the same time, uh, it was quite an experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you have this man that shows up out of the blue. Somehow he knows about you and your family mm-hmm. and comes mm-hmm. and picks you up for church. Your first experience in church is quite different. Yes, yes. People are dressing differently. Yes, yes. You know, different values, I guess, that's within right. culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite an adjustment. So do uh, you then go to the church on a regular basis? You participate in the church there? Yes. What, yes, what happens yes, yes. Oh, yeah, subsequent? Now, yeah. We, 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 uh, we attended church uh, every Sabbath. So you're still learning the language at the same time? Yes, yes. I was still learning the, the language at the same time. And um, uh, we were, 
as well getting involved within the choirs oh. uh, because where we come from we love singing yes. choir is a big thing yes and uh, we got involved in Pathfinders mm. um, and, and I remember my very first Pathfinder camp here uh, we went and I just couldn't believe how cold it was and yet the Aussie kids were st- still in their shorts and I was just I just couldn't understand how they could stand such a cold weather <laughs> and yet still wear shorts. But, you know, once again, we're still learning. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, the, we got involved in the church. Mm. Um, and uh, we, you know, slowly, slowly we got to know the people and, uh, you know, realized that people were lo- uh, lovely and they were loving and they were welcoming, you know, mm-hmm. once you get to know them. Yes. And so, yeah, no, it was, it was quite amazing. Right. Mm. Fantastic. So you continue your schooling in yes. Adelaide? Yes, yes. And did you finish your school there? or we, I first went to an English school where mm. I had to do two years there. Um, okay. uh, it's called Adelaide. Ugh, I can't remember it. But it's okay. called Adelaide something, second, second language or something like that. Yes. And so, yeah, I went there and uh, learned English. And then shortly after, by this time, by the way, we had moved to a different church. Okay. We had moved to Elizabeth, where there's a, um, a lot of young, a lot of Africans, mm. a lot of young people there um, whom I know. Uh, so we were attending a multicultural church, Seventh-day Adventist multicultural church there in Elizabeth. Okay. And so I, by the time I was ready to move into high school in year nine, I was um, taken to a school called Fremont, Fremont High School. But... Um, I didn't like it there. Mm. <laughs> I wanted something more, uh, uh, let me see. Let me put it this way. The kids there, they were not uh, as, um, you know, their moral values were different to mine. <laughs> sure. Okay. And so I wanted to go so to So it's quite school. a secular Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was a public school. And so I asked the pastor, can you find me a better school? And so he, take me, he took me to Prescott. Prescott College is an Adventist school there in Adelaide. Right. Which is where then I attended year nine. And then I did my high schooling there. Mm. Um, so, and at that moment, um, I guess it would be also best to, 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 to mention that at that moment, my life was changing as well as a teenager. Um, I was facing a lot of challenges mm. in the home, as well as in the church, as well as in the school, okay. because, uh, because of cultural, cultural, um, cultural uh, challenges. And, yeah, yeah. you know, because my... You know, my, my um, upbringing values and my home values were being challenged. Oh. Um, in a good way or in a bad way? In a, well, both. Uh, okay. <laughs> in a good way and in a bad way. Uh, yeah. You know, at church, uh, we were struggling as well as young people because here we are in this new country. And what we were learning was that, hey, in this country, you can be free. It's all about, you know. You have freedom to do whatever you want. Mm. And as young people, uh, you know, we, we, that's the kind of thing we wanted to hear. You know what I mean? Yes. Just do whatever. But mm. yet our parents were saying, wait a minute. We, we, we have there's still uh, guidelines. Yeah, there's still, still guidelines. Yeah. We have certain ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And we have our cultural beliefs, which we still need to, to abide by. And so, but as young people, we're challenged. We were pretty much put into... In the, in the, in the middle of the uh, uh, of the crossroads, if I could put it that way. Mm. So one foot was at home, another foot was in this new culture, mm. and I was trying to harmonize both. But then it wasn't easy because my friends, who were not Adventists, were such an influence, a bad influence to me, that we ended up becoming um, more involved in music, uh, in dancing, worldly okay, things. So secular music, um, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, secular music, and my life just started going down. And um, and at that time, yeah, things started becoming very uh, interesting. So what age are you now? At that time, I think I was about 15, 16. Okay. 15, 16, and um, uh, all the way up to, you know, 17, 18, somewhere along those mm. lines. And, 
you know, I was struggling. And uh, sure. so with the new cultures come new temptations definitely. and a freedom that you yes, didn't experience yes, yes. previously in your, in your birth country in yes, Tanzania. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And so um, I was, you know, I, I was, um, I was, I was in a very difficult situation because I had to. In me, I felt like I had to, uh, you know, obey my my mom mm. and, and 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 stick by the family values. But at the same time, I wanted to be free, and at the same time, I wanted to fit in with my with my friends. Yes. And uh, and at that moment, things didn't go so well. Sure. Yeah. And and. and you know, and, and as well, you know, trying to, I guess, um, harmonize all that. Yeah, there would have been with, a lot of conflict and a lot mm. of tension between those two worlds, the respect, yes, the yes. values of your family, mm. and then also the secular influences and the f- secular influence of your friends. That's right. And That's your right. mum was probably wanting you to protect you from some of those things. Oh, yeah. But oh, your yeah. friends were dragging you in their direction. That's right. That's right. Mm. But but I thank God, though. I thank God in that um he had given me, or he had allowed me to grow in a Christian home. Mm. Because what I learned while I was young helped me, um, you know, recommit my life to Christ even uh, after I came back from the world. Um, okay, so, uh, so how long did you go into that secular part of your, your, your life experience there? I, I, would say, I would say it was a, um, it was a slow move um, from, okay. from, from um, you know, being... Uh, faithful and, and and being obedient child in the home and things like that, in, in, into getting more involved into the world, mm. and so it's it's very hard for me to put a time on it. But I yeah. would say that from the age of fifteen to the age of eighteen, I was yeah I was struggling yeah. and I was involved more in you know in, in worldly things, and so at that time um, I was struggling. Mm-hmm. I was struggling, mm-hmm. and and it got to a point where. I was not attending church. Um, okay, and, right. You know, and I had left home by the age of seventeen. I mm. left home and you know went into the world, uh, you know, because I felt like I could find peace, satisfaction. I thought that I could find you know fulfillment of life, mm. Mm. and not only mm. that, you know, because Hollywood offers a lot. I mean, it you know, in, in, bombarded in the, with yeah, it in music yeah. and television, you That's know, the right. movies. That's yeah. right. But it's not it until very attractive. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not until you actually, um, you know, um, start getting involved in these things that you realize that, wait a minute, this is not, it's not as, as, as you've seen it on TV. The laughter which mm. you have seen on TV and the music and all that, it's, it's fake. It's fairy tale. Mm. There's, there's mm. no laugh to it and there's no ground to it. Yeah. The world out there, the real world is different. Yes, and so, and so I had to come to that understanding, and, and, and you know, and uh, in order to realize that I was in a very bad situation. Wow. Mm. Mm. So, what makes you then change the direction that your life is heading in? Mm. Because you've left the church and that. Mm-hmm. What was it? Was it circumstances? Was it the Word of God? Was mm. it just the Spirit of God speaking to your life? What was it that started making you? Reassess where you are and where you're heading, mm. and then change direction. You see, one day I was at a, um, I was at a birthday party, mm. and um, my friend who was an Adventist, uh, who was also struggling and wavering in his faith, was um, had invited a lot of um, friends at uh, his sister's birthday party, and they were playing worldly music and we were dancing and doing all those kind of things, mm. but. He called me into his sister's room, mm. and he said, "I have something which you must see." And I'm like, "Okay." And so <laughs> I went, and and he showed me 
um, uh, lectures uh, or series of sermons by a man by Mark Woodman. Mark Woodman. Mark Woodman. Okay. And so um, he's also an African, if I remember right. correctly. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and so he said, "Brother, you have to watch this." Yeah. Because he knew I was getting involved in music and things like that. He said, "Brother, you gotta watch this." I said, "Okay." So I took it home, and um, I started watching. And you know, as I started learning more about the Word of God mm. and, and learning about the um, the the film industry. At that time, at this time, by the way, I was also starting to learn. Uh, I was I was enrolled in a film and TV course there okay. at, in Adelaide at AC Arts, and so I mm. could understand what he was referring to mm. in this lecture when he was talking about the effects of film and music and things like this. Mm-hmm. And so I started listening to him, and he, you know, he started talking about, you know, about where he came from mm. and about the spiritual world and. And uh, you know about the um, about the Illuminatis and things like this, mm. and I could I could understand that because I was once again involved in music. I was studying film, and I was living a secular life, you know. And so I could understand what he was so, saying. Okay, this was making sense to you. Yeah, it was making sense to me. And mm. so I realized that, you know, what he was saying was truth. But at the same time, I started having um, spiritual encounters in the night. Mm. I would sleep. I would uh, let's say, for example, one night I w- I would be sleeping. And then the sudden, I'll, st- I'll feel as if something is trying to choke me mm. as I'm trying to work up. And I'll struggle and I'll fight my way through as I was, I was trying to work up. I was trying to yell, but I don't know if my voice ever came out. Mm. Because the people who lived uh, you know, next door to me, they surely they should have heard my voice. Because I was living in a, in a shared, in a shared um, accommodation. Yes. Okay, so you're no longer yeah. at home with your parents no, your, no. or your mum? Yeah, yeah, at that moment I was... By myself at the moment, right, right. And so, you know, surely they, should, they would have heard my voice. But mm. and this happened as I as I was watching this um, series, I was getting interested. I was because I, 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 what he was saying, you know, uh, appealed to me, and I couldn't I could understand what he was saying. Mm. And so I, as I was, you know, experiencing these things, I realized that, that this this is real. You know, it, it's not just some. Um, some um, you know when they talk about the devil and the spiritual world, it's not some fairy tale. This is real because mm. I was facing it, and I noticed that this was an attack from the enemy. Wow! Having been brought up as a Christian, um, uh, especially a Seventh Day Adventist um, um, Christian, I noticed that this was not an unusual occurrences, and so I decided that I'll finish all the twenty-one series, and then that I'll study more about. Christianity and more about Adventism, mm. you know, and, and 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 make a decision. And so at this moment, I had moved now to a different new uh, to a different home, and some of my friends were living there with me as well in that sharing accommodation. And um, the more I guess I I, I um, learned or study the Bible and learned more about you know Jesus and you know and what He has done for us the more I started having an uneasiness in my heart. You know, I started feeling very um, uh, very challenged to actually make a decision. Mm. And uh, at that moment, I struggled in my heart to make a decision because, mm. one, I, was, I had friends who, um, you know, who, who regarded me as the star in a sense. You know, I had yeah. friends in a sense. We had, we had a group of us, and I was one of the leaders in the group. Mm. You, know, you can call it a band, I guess. And I, you know, I was feeling, you know, I was struggling to actually make a decision because I, it, once I was thinking, wait a minute, if I start attending church, all of a sudden, 
oh, my friends are gonna say, oh, you know, I'm a, um, you know, I, uh, I'm too soft, or, or, or you know, they're, they're gonna start asking what has happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't wanna, you know, I still wanted to, 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 to keep my fans, and if I, if I could use that word, because mm-hmm. to me, I thought it gave me satisfaction it gave me fulfillment you know mm. which is what i was after when i left home yes I, I felt like that made me feel complete in a sense the fact mm. that I, I was loved by other people yeah but i should have been i should have I, I should have in the very first place recognized that jesus had loved me mm-hmm. <laughs> before these people and that jesus loved me even more to even give his life for me yes and so i struggled to make a decision mm. but then as this internal struggle continued one day one day uh, i was standing in the middle of my door and uh, i just couldn't take this any longer because i realized that music and the films which we were making and and the friends which i had were all taking me nowhere because i realized that you know after all this after all the, the 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 music and the fam and all that what's next like even if i died today what's next mm. um and so i started having questions i started asking the big questions as they say you know um you know what is the purpose of my life where am i going yeah. what's going to happen to me and so i wrestled i wrestled and i once again i i i heard you know that still voice of god saying you know what to do you know mm. what is right you know you know the truth because I was raised in the Adventist church. Yeah. I knew what was right. And here God was reminding me. He had even um, worked through my friend who mm. was also in the world to actually reach out to me by giving me, you know, these DVDs to watch. So was he a Seventh-day Adventist as well once upon a time or was he still a practicing Adventist? He was attending church now and then. So okay, he was a struggling okay. Adventist. Right. But God used him. You see, that's... So you're, that's at a secu- you're at a party which is basically secular. Yes. All the music and everything's yes. happening. Yes. And out of the blue, he takes you and introduces you to these religious mm. Christian programs yes. talking about contemporary Christianity, yep. the end of the world, yep. prophecy, and yep. also the influences of all these secular things mm. which you mm. are now involved in in, in in quite a big way and that's studying. Right. Yes, yes. Wow. And, and, and interesting how God was able to use him to mm. reach out to me. That's how I look at it. And so I, when I heard that small voice, I, um, I said, definitely, I do know what, what, I do know what to do. Mm. I, I have to make a decision. I have to make a solid, solemn decision Yeah. or else... Um, you know, I don't have anything else to 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 um, you know to live for because the world which I uh, which uh, which I ran to, thinking that it would give me peace and satisfaction and joy, mm. has not done that, and it will never do that because at the end of you know one, when I die at the, at the end of it, isn't gonna you know give me that eternal life which no. God is prom- promising, and so I uh, while I was right there in the middle of, uh, of of my door, I said, you know what, I am going to go to church this Sabbath. I'm going to check yeah. out my African church. Yeah. There was an African church at that time um, that just shortly um, um, opened by the conference. And so I said, you know what? I'll go there. And mm. this was my excuse of going. I said, I'll go there and help them out with their audio and visual stuff because I have I have, uh, I have, skills in that area. Yeah, yeah. But little did I know that God was leading me to, 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 uh, to himself and leading me now to a place where I could actually make a decision. Mm. And so I, t- I called on to my, my friend, who was also an Adventist who had also uh, left church to do music with me. Mm. I said, hey, why don't we check out our African church this Sabbath? <laughs> so he came with me and we went. And I thank God I never turned back. That oh, was my turning point. Yeah. I made a solemn decision mm. and God, 
you know, um, um, was able to help me navigate every every other challenges, and he helped me, um, you know, come back to him. And and interesting, interesting. Uh, one thing I've noticed is that the enemy is always also, um, you know, trying to. Um, you know, to attack people who are, make, who are trying to make a decision for God mm. in many different ways. I remember when I came back, as I started getting involved into the church, as, I'm, as I started, you know, giving myself fully to the Lord, mm-hmm. that the enemy um, tried to work through someone. I don't know who he was, but it was one Sabbath afternoon. I received a text message on my phone, and it said something like this. It said, hey, Fabiano, I know... Um, you're probably free around this time. I just wanted to text you and, 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 and let you know that I'm at home. I am free and uh, my boyfriend is not here. You can come over and we can do whatever you like tonight. Mm. And yeah, just thought, Hang you know. Out, yeah. yeah. And uh, immediately I knew that this was the enemy. This, this, was a, this, was a, this was the enemy. This was a testing point. Mm. And I knew that I had to, if I, if I wanted to remain loyal to God, I had to make a solemn decision. I said, I quickly text it back, and, uh, and it's always an important thing not to think twice because right. the, you can't play with the enemy. Mm. The enemy is more, um, you know, he, he's more wiser than we are. Yes. And so I texted immediately. I said, no thanks. I found Jesus. God bless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so, and so I, and I thank God because ever, um, you know, from that point onwards, I've never received that kind of message again. And so wow. I thank God that I did that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I believe that, you know, it's, it's those kind of little decisions that we make um, to stand and to make a solid yes. decision yeah, that, I agree you know, with you. Yeah. that helps us to remain victorious. And, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, it's through Jesus, but those little decisions count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember reading in Prophets of Kings about the life of Daniel. You know, they made a little decision for, other, for the other guys who came from, you know, from, from Jerusalem who were taken captive. Yes. A lot of them didn't make those decisions, but they made a small decision That's that right. they will eat what God said they should yes. eat mm. and be faithful in just in that small little thing. Mm-hmm. And because of that faithfulness, God blessed them. Mm. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have the book of Daniel. That's right. It's incredible. So those small decisions, and thank you for bringing up that point, those small mm. decisions made, not being double-minded, not second-guessing. That's right. Because you know what's right. Make oh, yes. the decision based oh, yes. on principle, mm. and God mm. will bless you. That's right. And yeah, So you made that decision then. And, and although it was a small thing, mm. that was actually a pivotal moment. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Definitely. I mean, I think about um, I think about my life, you know, as um, in in a story format. If I could put my life in a story format, I always mm. think of it this way: before Christ, I had no meaning of life. You mm. know, my life was empty because I was searching for things to, um, you know, to fill up that gap. There was a gap, yes. But and when you wanted... I finally made a decision, because I knew that God. Loves me, as it says in John three sixteen. Mm. For God so loved the world. I knew what Jesus had done for me. Mm. You know, I, hence, the theme of this, uh, of this, of this radio. Uh, you know, by the blood, but the overcame him by the blood of the blood of the Lamb. Yes, I yes. knew what Jesus had done for me. He mm. had died in my place. Yes, and so when I when I, when I accepted that and made that solemn decision. God gave me victorious, and my life has has been uh, you know different ever since. And, mm, and praise, I thank God for that. Praise mm. the Lord. Mm. So that happened. So there must be just a little story between Adelaide yes. and where you are now. Is oh, there yes. anything that you can share mm. in your experience from that time that you made this decision? That's right. I, I, let me let me start by saying that at that moment I had just finished um, studying 
uh, for film and TV. Yes. And, uh, you know, as any student, when you finish working, you want to get a job. Mm. And so um, Channel 10 was offering apprenticeships. And I was so excited that I was going to get some apprenticeship to, uh, to, uh, and, and with Channel 10 mm. and finally hopefully get a job. But then my church was also getting me to preach. Uh, you know, now and then at my home church, everyone can preach. Right. And so <laughs> I was heavily involved with Pathfinders. And, um, you know, I was very, very passionate about what I was doing in the church. Mm-hmm. I was going out of my way to 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 even, you know, um, chip in more money, you know, to get mm. Pathfinder resources and do all these things. Mm. I was on fire for, you know, for the Lord because right. I knew where God had taken me. Yes. And I knew what um, uh, the victories which God has given me. And I was so I was ready to do anything, even mm. today, mm-hmm. to do anything, you know, to advance the kingdom of God. And so, um, you know, at that moment, after one day, one day after preaching, it was on Sabbath, this lady walk, walked up to me and she said, I think I think you should be a pastor. Mm. And I said, no way, <laughs> because at that moment I wanted to make films. I, yeah. I had even plans for the future, the kind of films I'm going to be making. Yeah. I said, no way, I'm not going to do that. Plus, I'm, uh, I, I'm getting an apprenticeship. Mm. I still want to help out in the church, but I don't want to become a pastor. Because for me, a pastor, you know, I, I just didn't like the idea of just, um, you know, um, just just doing the pastoral thing because at the time I didn't really understand the joy in which you actually receive in serving in bringing souls to the Lord. Yes. And so at that moment I said no. Um, and then next time when I preached, this time a young person, a young person who knew me, even who was uh, whom I had even had bad influence upon him. But mm. at this time when I had come back into the church, I had a good influence upon him. He said, I think you should be a pastor. Mm. And I said, what is going on here? And so I started praying about this. And the more I prayed, the more I got convicted, the more I heard, you know, God, that God was calling me to mm. actually come and actually be involved in, you know, in, in soul winning, you know, and actually and commit my whole life to actually uh, making disciples. And so I called my friend, I, you know, I said, I want to be double sure. I want to make sure that this is truly God who's calling me. Mm. So I called my friend who was studying theology. And I said, hey, this is my story. This is, this is my conviction. And this is what I've been hearing from people. Yeah. And he said, God is surely calling you. Mm. Do not harden your heart. He said, where else do you think it's coming from? Of course, it's not coming from the enemy. Yes. If, if people are telling you this and you have that conviction, that must be coming from God. Mm. And, 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 and so, you know, I, go, I was convicted even more day after day. And so I applied at Avondale to come and study, uh, um, you know, f- uh, for ministry. And then they asked me, to, because I applied very late, they asked me to come. I believe it was the next day. The wow. next day. And so I was so passionate, I so, booked a flight. and I So you're still in Adelaide day. and flew yes. out the very next day the from Adelaide day. Up, up here. Didn't even bring clothes. I just came by faith, hoping that God was going to take care of everything. And surely mm-hmm. he did. And so I thank God about that. Mm. Wow. Well, mm. praise God. So that's mm. quite, quite a remarkable journey. Yes. Now, was there anything in regards to Scripture or Bible or anything that had a, a profound influence on your life during this time, you know, when you were either starting to make decisions or that convicted you to say that this is the direction, this is what I need to do mm. for my life? Mm. I, I, I actually would like to share a few things with, um, um, you know, with our listeners. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, that, that mm. would be fantastic. First of all, I, um, you know, especially for those who are searching, mm. searching for uh, meaning in life, you know, the Bible says that if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, mm. Hebrews 3.15. Yes. And it's important that we always respond. Um, that doesn't mean that God will give up on us. I believe that 
he sent Jesus to die for us because he believed in us. And uh, if we accept that choice, if we, you know, um, if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he's able to do marvelous things. Mm. And um, and I think what people used to struggle with, which I struggled with too, uh, sometimes was, you know, how is God going to ever accept me? You know, I, and then I'll list all these things which I'm doing wrong. Uh, but but God is not interested in what you're doing wrong, but he's interested in you know, making a decision for him yes, because amen. he is more powerful and he can do the, the, the unthinkable. Mm. And so, you know, and the Bible continues, you know, reminding us in Matthew 7, Matthew 7, you know, it says that, you know, if you, if you knock, uh, if you knock, you'll be answered. If you, you know, if you seek for God, yes, seek and you will you find, know, yes. You know, if you seek for God, you find him. Mm. And so I think we need to always keep that in mind. If, if, if there's anyone who is searching, you find God. Surely mm, you find mm. God. And if you do hear his voice, do not harden your heart because if you do, then that is going to make things more difficult for y- you. Yes, yes. And, and, and at that moment, um, you know, you, you, you might go through other, you know, challenges which, which you, you, you don't technically need to go through. But for those then who have accepted Jesus, as it says there in Matthew 4, 15 verse 4, it says, abide in him and he will abide in you, and at that moment you'll be able to bear more fruits. You know, these mm. are the fruits of the Spirit, you know, in Galatians 5, joy, peace, and long-suffering. All this, you know, all this God will give you that's if you right. abide in Christ. Amen. For me, that's what I found. I found peace, joy, you know, and, and now I'm married, you know, with one, one wife. <laughs> should have mentioned that earlier. Yes. You know, and, and all these have been, you know, the gifts and blessings which I have received from the Lord. Mm. Mm. Praise God for your testimony, Fabiano Nyonkuru. We thank you for sharing that with us. I've been blessed by hearing it. I know, listener, you've been blessed by it as well today. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at 3ABN Australia Radio. You can dial us on 02-4973-3456, or you can email us at radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Until next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.